Okay, everyone, welcome to Take 70. This, no, this is the best take that we've done so far. We are so hyped for this take because it's got two amazing parts. The first part is a special interview that we had with the directors of the movie Simmer. It debuted last Friday at Sundance, Stefan Vandegraaff and Nick Rush. Super excited for you guys to hear what they have to say about making their first film and that process. And then to end it up, we're in L.A., baby. We have a live red carpet interview special at the Academy Awards at the Oscars. Um, and it's great. We got some good interviews, so we're super excited for you guys to hear that. It is nitty-gritty time. Time to pass it over. Who we got on the other line? Man, Keeks. That red carpet trimmed the beard. Sweet film talk made its mark. It looked great. Your beard looked great. Mm. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's gotta. It's gotta complement my receding hairline. You know, that's that's what it's doing. <laughs> I've been trying to do that, but I just grow a really weird patchy beard. So I did everyone a favor and shaved all of mine before we went. It's okay. I respect the hustle. I really do. You gotta do no, it. No, as you said, as you said, take seventy, jam packed. We are thrilled to share it with all you sweets. And first and foremost, just a few shout outs I want to give for the people that made this podcast possible. Matt Crabb for lending his mic for having the interview go a little bit smoother. And then Carlson for lending his MacBook. My 2011 laptop is seeing the end of time. It, um, yeah, I, I don't know what laptops are, if it's like dog years or cat years. Um, but I think laptops are like for every human year, it's like what? Four or five laptop years. Does that sound about right? Is that a good conversion? I, th- I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> and then lastly, <laughs> as I was setting up for the interview, I'm walking in and I hear this car just slowly pull in and park. And I see your sister's head come out the window and say, hey, you need a laptop. And I'm like, oh, no. It's <laughs> a little bit of background the, the, the night before. We were kind of, we thought we had a laptop lined up, but TC's like, you know, let's just get your sister. So I thought, cool, okay. So I text my sister. She's all ready to bring her laptop. Then maybe two minutes after she said she was ready, TC texts me and says, oh, no, we're good, dude. Actually, I found one. So I had a, I had a message drafted. I got distracted. I didn't send it to my sister. So um, thank you for driving 45 minutes from Spanish Fork to do something that you didn't need to do. And I'm, I'm, I'll never admit I dropped the ball, but I might have. Yeah, yeah. I, I texted you right after she left. I said, you owe your sister an yeah. apology. Said to ASAP. <laughs> I, I'll draft one up. Her birthday's coming up this month, so I think we'll get something special going. Yeah, so Allie, the MVP of Take 70. She's the, she's the sub of the game. And I, I've even got to say, she might be like the sixth man. We've obviously yeah. had our two MVPs. These two directors were interviewing, Stefan and Nick. But... I first saw that Simmer was being posted on Facebook. You'll hear more about what happened with Sip, Simmer and Facebook in the interview. But I noticed that Mitch Ibsen had shared it. We were friends in high school, went to high school with me and TC. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, like, what, what's the deal with this movie? You're supporting it a lot. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm friends with Stefan, one of the directors. So I said, hey, you know, little, little movie plug, little podcast plug. You got to do it. Um, and basically said, we want to interview him. We want to know what it's like to make a movie. So... Thank you so much, Mitch Ibsen, for getting the ball rolling on that one. We loved it. Yeah. Thank goodness, Facebook, and for getting the plug on that. Good for you. So, yeah, Stephen Vandegraaff and Nick Rush were awesome. We hope all you sweets enjoy this interview and this whole take. And please, um, yeah, listen closely to their journey. It was, it was awesome. All right. It's interview time. Let's do it. <laughs> 
Enjoy. Perfect. Sweet. All right. We are here with two up-and-coming filmmakers who just debuted their first feature film, Simmer, last weekend at Sundance. Stefan Vandegraaff. Vandegraaff and Nick Rush. How we doing, boys? What's up? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us on. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, I'm so glad that our agents could get in contact with your agents and work and set this up. It worked I'm out. Surprised perfectly. they even took the call, but you know, here we are. <laughs> you know, here at the Sweet Film Talk, we are persistent. We we've yes. got friends in high places. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just want to know uh, about you both. Um, what started the project with Simmer? How'd you guys meet? Um, do you prefer crunchy or creamy pe- peanut butter? You know, things things like that. Very so give us a little stuff. Stuff. Very give us a little introduction for us and the audience. Uh, well, we know each other uh, because of a band called the Brocks. Yeah. So there was a, there's a band in Provo now defunct, now broken up. Oh, that darn. we both were major fanboys of. <laughs> and we uh, we had some friends in the band, and this will actually become relevant here in a minute. But we uh, we were both on the street crew. So you were the street team, like captain, right? Yes. And I did all of their like social media, all of their branding. I was doing their graphic design and their like music videos and stuff. And so there was one night where we went out, and I had made these posters for a show that they were playing. Stefan was there as the street team captain, and we all kind of just went out as a team and plastered all of Provo with these posters. And that's where I met Stefan for the first yeah. time. <laughs> they got in trouble for it. Um, what is this band called again? The, the Brocks. You really should oh. look them up. They're really, really good. Okay. Really I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah. But they, uh, they, they, they had like a misdemeanor. Yeah. For, um, our buddy Christian, who actually did the score for Simmer. So it all comes full circle. Uh, he, from this night of plastering Provo with all these advertisements for their show, he yeah, got in trouble with BYU um, and ended up having to go to court. Oh, damn. It. it was a yeah. big deal over something really stupid. Wow. Immoral, what was it? Immoral turpitude or something? Something ridiculous, yeah. But yeah. And what, what year was this? This is like four years ago. Oh, five. wow. I think it was five. Five, five years ago. Okay. So anyways, but to your question. So we met there, and then in 2017, uh, we had worked together on quite a few things since uh, after that point. And then I wrote a script, and Nick was the most creative person I knew, um, so he was sort of the de facto person I had to go to. And then anyways, I brought the script to him, and he kind of took a dump on it and said, no, there's a lot of stuff that we should be doing differently. And I agreed. It was my first um, full-length screenplay that I'd written. And so we, over the next probably month or two or three, we had just um, really scrubbed the whole thing from start to finish. Wow. That being said, though, when you brought me the first draft of the script, I mean, I was already on board. I was like, this concept here is so solid. Obviously, there was a bunch of work that we both knew needed to happen on it, but the concept was so solid and I knew that it had legs. And so I was instantly on board. I was like, yes, this is a great idea. Let's do this. And so, yeah, like Stefan said, over the next, you know, two, three, four months, however long it was, we kind of just 
worked on polishing it and getting it to a place where we were, we like to say, proud-ish of it. We, you know, it's our first feature, and so we knew it wasn't going to be perfect, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, done is better than perfect. Let's get this thing done. Let's make a movie and get all of our friends together and yeah, do this thing that everyone says that they're going to do or they want to do in their lives and never actually do. And we're like, no, let's let's do this. You, sh- you should really call up Tommy Wiseau and say, this is how a first feature film is done. <laughs> a real <laughs> This is how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we still love the room. Mm-hmm. We still love it. Uh, so when did so that started in 2017? So it's taken roughly three years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What oh, was wow. the most challenging part in the filmmaking process? The whole thing. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it sounds maybe cliche, but it was just like any of the individual pieces are are, are things that somebody that a lot of people do. Um, some people finish their script but they never make the movie or some people make little short films on the weekends and some people do editing but they never put it all together and so getting a full cast a full crew dozens of locations the equipment necessary and then taking a film from start to finish I think is just really brutal and through the process it's totally true I've heard other people say that it's like having a child Mm -hmm where you're not going to be ready to have another one for two or three years, and that's <laughs> yes. really true. Um, and But it, what's funny enough is is I think Nick and I now, it's been three years, we finished this one, and I've noticed over the last six months, it's like, oh, we could do another one. I'm yeah. ready to do another one. Let's start writing We're jumping one. at the bit. Do it. So is there plans for another film? We're tossing yeah. around ideas, and the goal with Simmer was always, hey, let's make this one. It's not going to be perfect, but we're going to make it to the best of our ability sure. with a really small budget, be really scrappy, and then hopefully something good comes of it. Hopefully we're able to sell it and springboard off of this project and make an even better movie, right? Yeah. That's always been kind of the goal, and so, yeah, since the beginning, we've known, okay, there's going to be another project after this. Yeah. If what? this goes well... Let's do another one. Watch out, Safety Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're coming. So, Uncut Gems too. You know what's so uh, interesting is, so I was on, on Twitter today, you know, you, you follow the certain people in film Twitter or whatever, and you get, you know, like, tweets filing through, and James Gunn, direct, you know, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, was talking about, he responded to a question where someone said, you know, how do you get into storytelling business of movies? How do I even get started? What steps do you recommend? And he says, you know, write a script, finish it, and no matter how difficult it is or how much you think it sucks, and if you think the process is for you, do it again, repeat until you're good at it, good luck. So, mm-hmm. that being said, what were, what were maybe some steps that you realized, oh, I think this is coming together, we think this is going to be good, like, at what point did you realize, yeah, this is going to come together well? There's always a few checkpoints, I think, in the creative process where you start to say, oh, this actually maybe has some legs. The first, obviously, is when we had made our final passes on the script, I think we both felt like, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, when we were casting, I think would be the next main one for me, was when Marsuvio, who plays Chef, the mm-hmm. lead, when he came and auditioned, that was like a breath of fresh air. 
that was like, I don't know if this m- movie's ever going to be any good. And when he came in on audition, we said, we've got a shot. Uh-huh. And then there's more of those along the way. Uh, you get Benji Allred, the director of photography involved, and you know that it's going to be visually a beautiful film. Which it, which it was. I mean, Kamiko and I just watched it last night, and I was amazed at the editing and the sound and some of the shots. Like, yeah. you didn't even feel like you were in Utah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It felt like a new place was made. I mean, living in Utah, yeah. I knew some of this. this sure. yeah. Soldier Hollow Clubhouse, yeah. shout out. Great spot. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, I mean, the editing was phenomenal. And even the lead chef, I thought, did a good job just kind of being uneasy. Mm-hmm. He had that good portrayal. And how, do, how did how did you cross paths with Richard Keep? It's a good question. We, I, I thought he was f- fantastic. No, he was good. Uh... I probably shouldn't say this. He was our second choice. (laughs) We had another guy from Denmark that we really liked named Alexander Weom, and he was busy shooting Tomb Raider. Uh Um, So he, with, um, what's her name? Alicia Alicia McCander. Yeah. So he wasn't able to do it. But then we found Richard. We just scoured the web for um, international talent agencies because we really wanted the character, well not wanted, we needed the character of Faust to be an immigrant. Um, And we found Richard, he had the right look, the sort of Bond villain, and... Great voice. Great voice. Oh yeah, his voice. It's like a hint of Gordon Ramsay, but a little Michael Fassbender in there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. meshed. No, and I always say that I feel like a good actor is about 70% voice. If you have a really, really good voice, you have an easier time, I think, being a really good actor than if you don't have a good voice. I have a very obnoxious, annoying voice, so (laughs) nobody would ever want me to be an actor. Sam, like, I don't ever want to listen to this podcast. (laughs) I know I'm going to sound ridiculous. It, it takes a little while after like the first t- TED takes that we did I was like is that really my voice I'm yeah. saying um, way too much quit saying like yeah. it's weird uh, that's that's awesome I, I really thought Richard Keep did a fantastic job and like you said his voice he was very menacing and he had a nice anytime he was on screen his presence you can just feel it yeah. so that was great casting job was was that a fun ride just to get the pieces together and just see how the cast came together yeah and I'm sure that was stressful as well Right, definitely. Richard was one of those where like we got him and we knew, okay, we've got something good here, but we still had to find Chef. And just to go back to Marsuvio, who did a fantastic job playing him, um, as soon as he auditioned for the role, we knew that it had to be him. We were like, this is our guy. Yeah. But we had some scheduling conflicts, and he had to back out of the project. Oh. And so we kept auditioning. We auditioned like we seriously were looking at like hundreds and hundreds of auditions, had a bunch of uh, casting calls locally. We auditioned people from LA and New York and just nobody was hitting the mark like Marsuvio did. And so we went back to him and we basically begged and we were like, hey man, we will do anything. We will change the schedule. We'll, we'll work on anything we need to with you to get you on board. And so thankfully he was finally like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. I'll figure some stuff out and we can make this happen. So. Yeah, because we always talked about if if the character of Chef doesn't work, then the The movie doesn't work. It all rides on his back. Yeah, definitely. Thankfully, he knocked it out of the park. Where where is he from? 
Here. Oh, he's from here. Yeah, he's local. Awesome. He's in LA now. Well, he, yeah, he's in LA now, and uh, he's actually going to be on Better Call Saul the next Oh, no you're way. kidding. Nope. You guys fans? That's my. That's probably my favorite show. Uh, I might like it more than Breaking Bad. Is that, right. is that sacrilegious? That's yeah. sacrilegious. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. here's, here's, here's the reason why. Saul Goodman is my favorite TV yeah. show character of all time. I love him. He's awesome. Even a little bit over Tony Soprano. I just finished The Sopranos last oh, year, yeah. and that was a ride. Wow, that's awesome. Does he have a pretty good little side role or prominent role in that? Uh, we have seen a couple episodes. Yeah, we haven't seen it, obviously. It's that's awesome. That would be but, great to like be like, yeah. hey. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, hopefully that's a springboard for him. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully Simmer is. Yes. I think that, I, I really think that if you... Even if you want to springboard into side roles, I think you need to have the leading role at some point in, in your career. And so I think for him, having a film under his belt where he was a lead and was such a dynamic lead and did it so well, I think that hopefully Simra will be a tool for him. Definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, as I'm watching Simmer, I can kind of... I got little hints in some scenes of, at least for me, a big one was Drive. I mean, he's got the jacket on. He just he has the one name Chef, which kind of goes almost with the title. Like, what were some other movies that, or other, you know, film, other mediums yeah. that help inspired to create the character and create the movie? Coming back to Alicia Vikander, Ex Machina was one. Oh. Only because... That film, I think, did something that a lot of films were afraid to do in its pace. And we knew that we were on a low budget and that we weren't going to have the opportunity for massive action sequences. And so similarly to Ex Machina, I think what I'd say is that it just gave us the confidence that if we make our story strong enough, you don't need that. And you can kind of rely more heavily on the story and the character development to drive a film forward as opposed to needing and relying on those other things. The other part to that is it's a slow burn. Mm -hmm. um, and in sending the script around initially, some people said, oh, well, you need your inciting incident on page 14 or by page 10 or whatever. Um, and, and you guys don't have that. And Nick and I were very confident in our approach because we felt like we know the pace that we're telling this story in. We're not afraid of the pace. And the other part, too, is that we felt like there were these more subtle uh, inciting incidents that would drive the film forward and we didn't need to depend on mm -hmm. those really big moments where it's like, now the movie's starting. Here's a big action scene. Exactly. What I, what I really liked was the aspect of mystery with Faust giving him these side jobs and you're like what is he delivering what is he dropping off and um, I think that created a great tension which a lot of films you don't it's fun to have action I love like Fast and Furious I've mentioned yeah. this like a thousand times like over like Con Air The Rock The Rock's actually really well we could have shot action. like two seconds of Fast and the Furious on our budget <laughs> for real could we could we ask how much the budget was so we can't talk about it right okay, now. Okay. Okay. Um, what we can say, because we're kind of in negotiations right now, hopefully getting some distribution for sure. it. Sure. Um, what we can say is that anytime we tell anyone what the budget was, they're shocked, shocked and amazed that it was actually made for that budget. Wow. We, thankfully, and we'll never be able to do this again, but we were able to get so many people on board who are just extremely talented and super passionate about filmmaking. And 
they basically were working for you know nothing wow um, the majority of us were just doing it because we love it and that was kind of another goal from the get-go is hey let's get a bunch of our best friends together and let's make something better than we could do on our own you know yeah and so we're well i feel like that should be like one of the messages of the film is just that if you are like an aspiring filmmaker and you want to make your first full feature i think one uh your story is everything mm-hmm. because that is ultimately why or why people will not get bored with the project uh, but we had I, f- I feel like something that people could look at and say oh that's actually interesting enough I can sort of put my thumbprint on it and make it mine and therefore I'm willing to get involved yeah. people who otherwise in fact we know because other people have come to them with films and they said, no, we're not interested. Even that paid better than what we were paying simply because they said, you know, you're friends of ours for one, but maybe more importantly, um, the star is something that I feel like I can make into something cool. And I think that's true for um, Christian Dureus, who did the score. Awesome score, yeah. by the yeah. way. Wow. Really, really like the, the score that you know how it intertwined with certain scenes and build that suspense created it was a cool great to see mood in that too. wow like the the score mixed with the you know the environments and the settings and all the characters it just it all blends so well that was it yeah Thank you. As, as we're watching it i kept texting tanner i'm like dude this score is so sick if it's coming out on vinyl or anywhere to buy it <laughs> or if you need me to go track down something to to make my own vinyl recording, I'll do it. It was awesome. <laughs> well, well, we will be putting it on Spotify. No plans for vinyl yet, but it will Good. be up eventually. Because I've been listening to a lot. I like I like listening to kind of like the synth wave type yeah. vibes at night. It's a good like night drive. It is. So once that's up, that will definitely be added to the playlist. Yeah. So speaking of distribution, I know you guys released it on Facebook. I'm mad with Facebook. Yeah. Um, what's the next step after that? If you want to explain a little bit what happened with that, I'm sure that's. A little bit of a sore spot because that's tough. Yeah, and no. I'm really unfortunate. I was I was upset and I was like, are we gonna get a link to watch this? So thank you for yeah, sending no, that link. We sent you a private link. The um <laughs> I think any film always has its hiccups. So I don't think that Nick and I feel sorry for ourselves or anything like that that, that happened. But essentially, the, the quick recap is we uploaded the entire film for free on Facebook, and in about, in about 48 hours, we had over 100,000 views, wow. and we were quickly approaching 1,000 shares, um, and it was like a bona fide viral post. And then Facebook pulled down our whole page. Not even just the post, they pulled down the whole page. Wow. And the only notification we got from Facebook was that it was content that was misleading, fraudulent, or in violation of the law, which is like the most egregious uh, violation that Facebook will cite um, because we, our background is in making social media content and stuff like that. And, but I mean, literally, it's like the stuff that they reserve if you're like promoting illicit behavior, if you like started a prostitution Facebook page then it would be like okay you're going to pull down so anyways it was we were really shocked we contacted Facebook we appealed it and in that window of time uh, one of the distributors we're talking to said don't post it back 
pull it down and leave it down. Okay. If it even does get the clearance uh, to do it, yeah, put it up again. Exactly. They said keep it off. Wow. Um, just for exposure's sake, they say most distributors, ourselves included, in the event that we are um, going to acquire the film, is that we want to retain the opportunity to control who sees it. Yeah. Um, Probably because that's how they make money. Yeah. <laughs> good advice at the end, I guess. Yeah. So maybe there is a little bit of a small miracle. Yeah. It was a blessing in disguise. But it was great to see that there's a massive audience for the film and that people were latching onto it and sharing it and really enjoying it. We got a lot of positive feedback. So it was, it was still a good thing totally. that we did. I'm, I'm happy that we did it. Yeah. And it, it also kind of makes for an interesting, like, viral marketing when they do distribute it. It's like, in 48 hours, 100,000 yeah. views, it was yeah. taken down. You know, it, it brings people in. I'm hooked in. I, I watched half of it, went back the next day to watch it, and everything was blocked for it, and I was so confused. Yeah. So. No, it, we, we've had multiple messages. There's this one girl who's been hitting me up nonstop, and she's like, I saw everything except for the last 20 minutes. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I can share it with you. I don't want to share the private link, but maybe I will. Yeah, Yeah. I had somebody say, I got to the scene where he hears somebody in the trunk, and then I went to feed my dog, (laughs) and I came back, and it was pulled. And I was like, no, that's That's right where things start getting crazy. That's the worst part. Yeah. 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 To end. Wow. I mean, that's how we found out was through Facebook. We had some mutual friends. I saw London. Shout, shout out London. Yeah. See you at the gym in the morning. <laughs> Throwing those weights around. That's how I saw it. I was like, what in the world? Like a free movie? I saw it on his Instagram story when he went to the, the premiere. Was it at Avon? Yeah, yeah, Avon Theater. So I was like, wow. And that's how the word gets out. I mean, that's how totally. we contact you guys. And we really appreciate your time and sending us this link to see it. It's been an awesome, awesome film. Well, thanks. We, we hope it. We hope. We really hope it catches ground because it is, it's a great watch. and It will. Yeah. Thank you. It, without a doubt, Will. I think the, the themes are so important for now, you know, for our day. Just your log line of a man will do anything to save his family from deportation. Mm-hmm. It's such a huge topic right now in politics and just in our society that immediately people are going to be attracted to it. And with that, you know, you guys debuted the movie last week um, up at Sundance. What was that like, being able to see it on the big screen with an audience? How was that? <laughs> Minus the technical difficulties, it was great. Oh, were there? Yeah, there was a little glitch with the projector or something, and so there oh, was no. a, an intermission for technical difficulties. But luckily we had a super forgiving audience. Um, and I actually, while we were watching it, I turned to Stefan and I was like, this is my favorite time watching this through because when you're making a movie you know you've read the script a billion times you're shooting it you go through every single scene a million times then you edit it again you make the movie three times basically right and when you're editing it you're you're pouring over every single take and just making like slight little adjustments and then we watched it like another eight million times for you know QC trying to make sure everything was good and so you're just sick and tired of the movie (laughs) when you make a movie you're like I never want to see this thing ever again and you see all the imperfections and all the flaws that other people aren't going to see and so yeah you're your own worst critic right and so I and I think Stefan was the same way but we were just sick and tired of the movie and just so ready that for other people to see it but watching it with an audience on the big screen for the first time like it was a totally different movie to me like we, we were getting interactions like left and right and in front of us and behind us from all these audience members and you could see people turning to each other and like gasping when something would happen or laughing at like a little joke or you know it was just a 
totally different experience and it was super cathartic to just kind of have this weight of yeah. this movie that you you never know if people are if it's going to resonate with people or if you know a certain line is going to land or a scene is going to work or people are going to get it and so it was just great to finally know you know have that have that energy yeah. in the room yeah it's just you can't replicate that any other way That's besides so in a theater with an audience watching a big uh, movie on the big screen for the very first time wow um what what brought on the title was that always simmer was that always the plan or did you guys jump no. around for the title the title changed because i because uh, that's an important aspect to the movie is the title and the poster i think the poster is well done it's a awesome. great great poster it's got some really awesome vibes to it so what brought on when i wrote to get the first spoilery. script it was just called chef which was i think i knew it was going to be a working title there was a movie there's a movie called chef yeah yeah Fabra. yeah um, so we knew that it wasn't going to be called Chef, but that was the working title. And then it transitioned and it was going to be called 86, which is a restaurant term um, that you use when you're denying somebody service. Oh. Um, oh. And it felt a little too niche. I don't know if people knew what that meant. And really, we landed on Simmer because we felt like, one, we obviously wanted to pay homage to the kitchen element and kind of component of the film. But maybe more importantly, we were trying to speak to the emotional state of Chef. Um, this like in-between gray area where you're not a boil, you're not still water. Um, and I think that his emotional arc is that of a simmer where he is living in this gray area. Yeah, and when we finally were we talked about the name Simmer for the first time. It was one of those, there were many of these moments, but it was one of those moments where we both looked at each other and as soon as Simmer was said, we were like, yes, yeah. that's it. And you just feel it. You know, when something is right on one resonates. of these projects, yeah, it resonates and there's no doubt in your mind that that's, that's the right choice that you're making. So we were pumped when we finally landed on a name because we had yeah. been, like you said, throwing names around and did Sizzle ever get thrown around? Sizzle, like Sizzler Sizzle might have been. Yeah, <laughs> we I'm glad I've got it. It was a Sizzle the wall at one point. But. Yeah. It's and even even more with the title and how you came up with that. How did you come up with the idea of this? You know, of this Mexican man trying to the the theme of deportation, which is so big right now, and yeah. you know, immigration. Well. It was, like, kind of sad to see how the film became more relevant over time. Um, oh, yeah. Because when, yeah. when we were... When the very first time that I wrote it, it obviously, it's not like deportation is a new topic, um, but Trump wasn't elected by that point, and so a lot has changed in, in the last few years in that regard. Um, but in terms of, like, the inception for the idea, or the conception of the idea... I had pitched a different film to Nick that was going to be a bigger budget to make and I was working on the outline and spent a few months doing that and then uh, one day while sitting at Soldier Hollow this like you know kind of before my mind's eye the scene played out um, and it was between this Faust character and this chef character and I couldn't hear their conversation. Obviously, like, this wasn't actually happening. 
Um, but it was really intriguing to me. And as like a writer, that is what sparks any idea for me is just that intrigue. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally in about three months, I had outlined and written the, written the entire script for Simmer. Um, so in literally a shorter time that it had taken me to make half the outline of the other film that I'd pitched to Nick. Uh, but we really wanted to get one under our belt, and so there was a lot of motivation. And that one little nugget of a scene then blossomed, obviously, into the 70 scenes that are in the film. Um, and was it, it, was it the conversation that he has with Chef about his past with the... That's a it, good question. You know... I don't want. Yeah, I don't want. No, wanna, honestly, because I like the, that conversation where he's like, 20 years ago, yeah. there's another rival restaurant." It's no. Um, it wasn't that scene. You say that it was. Um, it was that scene. Yeah, no, it was the scene. It moved to the balcony um, where they had that scene where just you know, 20 years ago, I had this when I opened my first restaurant. I had this rival. That was the conversation that they're having. More specifically, the second half of that conversation of um, you know, this one is different mm-hmm. and. Um, should I worry about cameras, whatever. That little nugget was like the inception for the rest of the film. Wow. It was this little conversation between the sort of authoritative figure and this in-over-his-head protagonist who has no business doing what he's doing, but he feels an obligation to do it. That was basically the start of Simmer, and everything else was a blossom from that. Wow. So what's uh, the next film that you plan on making <laughs> is there a time frame or just you're going to sit back and enjoy this for a little while? Three years. <laughs> Three years from now. Will it be an Avengers movie? Yeah. Will you guys be the next Russo brothers? Many questions. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We've got a, a few that we kick around back and forth. We're, we're still kind of waiting to see what happens with this one because, like I said, there will be another project that we work on, but... The size of it, the scope, kind of depends on what happens with Simmer. It's kind of a snowball effect. Right. Yeah. We have talked about, though, as far as like the type of project that we want to do. And we don't want to do... You mentioned Avengers. Um, we don't really want to do a super huge blockbuster type of movie. That's not... We enjoy those films as much as anyone going to the theater and you know having a popcorn experience. But... Like one thing that we've always wanted to do is create stories that connect with people, that really resonate, and have a message that's a little bit deeper um, than some of those other films may go into. And th- there's something about those big budgets too. You just have so many fingers in the pie, so many cooks in the kitchen that you kind of start to hear like other interviews with directors or writers on those films that they kind of lose creative control as it goes on. Just yeah. Because you know they. They've got to make money. They're, it's a business, right? And we want to tell stories and work on projects where we are able to retain a lot of that creative control. And smaller projects, obviously we'd like to work on bigger projects than Simmer, but still, you know, there's the sweet spot, I think, where you still retain that creative control and you can still tell a really pure story, um, have control over the visuals, over, you know, the actors that you're casting and things like that, that you kind of lose getting into that bigger Hollywood system. And not even in the hollywood size system yet, but one, one interesting thing in the development of Simmer is we were actually in conversations with the production company about having them come on board and make the film with us. And we would have still retained the rights to direct the film and everything, 
Um, but they would have been the producers, executive producers, um, and they would have had a huge hand in uh, not only the casting process, but also in the crewing up. And on paper, it made every sense to new filmmakers to go that route. Yeah. Um, but Nick and I had a lot of conversations, and we finally just said, no thanks. We're going to do it on our own. We want to do this our way, on our terms. And I think the film took way longer to make because of that. Sorry. I think the film took way longer to make because of that. But I think that it's... Any merit that the film does have, I think, comes from that decision that we made to do it on our own. Really? And it's your it's your baby. Yeah. You have to have anybody else involved. You had your friends, yeah. your, your crew. Yeah. And a, and a lot volumes. of... Yeah. And so I, that's another thing that if you're an aspiring filmmaker looking to make your first feature, do it on your own. Even if you can get somebody on board to finance the film or anything, that's great. But you should make one of the stipulations that, like, this is going to be my vision and we're going to execute this how... I want to execute this mm-hmm. um, and never sacrifice that on the first one. In the future, I'm sure Nick and I will have to. Yeah. Um, but And that's why we ultimately made that decision is because we're probably only going to yeah. get one shot. We had that conversation a million times where we're like, this is going to be potentially the only time that we have complete creative control over a project. Because as you, know, as you start working with bigger budgets, more and more people are involved, more people need to have a say. This one, let's just make our our very own. This is, like you said, this is our baby. No one else is going to touch this, and then we'll see what happens on future projects. But yeah, don't don't let him don't let him adopt it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, there's yeah, there's some truth to that. And if we can make mo- money on this one, then we probably would go back and say we're going to make another one on our own terms. Sure. Um, but if somebody wants to pay us to make a film, then we'll do it. So you got you, you two work both right now in Chamber Media, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys looking to shift towards just full time filmmakers? It's or, funny, um, maybe eventually. <laughs> so one of the executive producers on Simmer, Travis Chambers, and, uh, he's the founder of Chamber Media, and we've had conversations in the past where if Simmer does make considerable return on the investment. Mm-hmm it might be worth having Chambers start to make films. Yeah. Um, just because the amount of return that we could have on what was invested could be pretty significant. But, you know, you never know until you know. And at least for me, I don't... Um, I don't have any immediate plans to go into full-time filmmaking. But... It, if the opportunity presented itself, I think anybody would take that chance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, it, It's hard to know until we see what happens with Simmer. If people are paying me to make movies full-time, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's been... Yeah. Ever, yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I knew that I needed to work in film in some capacity. And I'm still doing that in my full-time job as well, you know? Um even though it's not, you know, feature length narratives. But if somebody gave me that opportunity, I would I would jump at it 100%. But I also don't have to have that to be content. Like I'm perfectly fine working on a passion project that's going to take 3 years to make, mm-hmm. but it's going to be, you know, what 
I want to make and release and uh, just do that at kind of my own pace as well. Yeah. As long as I'm creating, I'm happy. Definitely. That's sweet. It's And now this might be my last question because it just came into my head was you've learned so much from the process of making Simmer, of you know working with actor, you know, the whole directing process. What is the biggest takeaway that you're like, okay, the next film, we're going to make sure we do this, you know, whether it's in pre-production, production, or post, what was the biggest takeaway? I wonder if we have the same... Yeah, you go first. I'm curious. <laughs> so, man, there's so many things. Like you said, like, we learned a ton. I, there's so many things that I would do differently. That being said, I'm really glad that we did everything the way that we did, because had we not, you know, we wouldn't have the film that we do have now and we wouldn't have learned those things, which, you know, is invaluable. But one thing that I think, ah, man, there's so many things. One big thing that I would do differently on the next project is just to have more of a strict schedule that we follow all the way from pre-production to post-production. Just because when you're working on these types of projects, like I think Stefan mentioned this earlier, you start to get super tired um, and momentum can get lost really easily. And we, you're constantly overcoming all these obstacles and problems. Things just keep coming up nonstop. And the longer you drag it out, the harder it is to keep people passionate about it and to keep people on board as you know these obstacles arise. And more and more will just continue to arise. So I think having a strict schedule, even if you have to adjust it as you go, is invaluable because you know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel you you can see on a piece of paper here's point a to point b this is where we've got to get to and this is our time frame let's have everyone on the same page and let's work through it um that way when obstacles arise you know you you know what your end goal is and you've got a time frame so that it doesn't just drag out for three years and get longer and longer but that being said i'm glad we i'm glad we shot simmer the way that we did but I think for me, I would say it's honestly to just trust my gut. You, as a first-time filmmaker, you have a lot of question marks around your decisions, and you don't necessarily have the confidence that the decision you're making is the right one. And in seeing Simmer, I know for certain that the ones where Nick and I went with our gut were the ones that were right. And the ones where we waffled mm-hmm. were the ones that we got wrong. Um, and so I would just say, and unfortunately, I know that that comes with a risk, too, because you see a lot of second-time filmmakers fall into that, um, where their second one is just, like, a little bit too self-serving, maybe. They kind of, like, go, they made one for the masses, and then they go and they make one for themselves, and you're like, this is uh, I could Nicholas Winding Refn with Only God Forgives. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's <laughs> a, a great example. Yeah. Uh, the other one is... Because um, Drive was fantastic and Only God Forgives was like, huh? Yeah. Um, what's the name of the guy that did The Witch? Robert Eggers. Yeah, yeah Robert Eggers does The Witch. First fantastic film oh, and then Robert he does The Eggers. Lighthouse, which wasn't a terrible film, but it was just like, I think you kind of missed the mark. I think you maybe trusted your gut a little bit too much. You and I are on the same page... Keek's got an acquired taste, so you probably heard his feelings right now. He'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I think The Lighthouse is a good movie. I, I like I liked it a lot, but I do see why it's like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's about <laughs> right. an hour and a half of what's in the light, no, and then you yeah, exactly. Out and... it, it, that's exactly it. It's not that it's a bad movie, sure. just... um, but it's just that you can sense the difference between The Witch and that. Um, and I and so that definitely comes with a caveat when you trust your gut that you also have to remember that you're when you are making any kind of art, you're also making it for an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, you're making it for yourself, and there's no point in, in ever releasing it. Um, and so I would say, moving forward, I think Nick and I would probably both feel like we should trust our gut and go with our instincts and have a little bit more confidence in our craft, um, but mitigating that with a little balance of humility and just knowing that like you don't know everything and you want to make sure that you're making something that's watchable. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know Keeks and I can definitely say, because we were talking earlier and last night, you guys definitely have a gift. There's a lot of minute details and simmer. Uh, we would definitely love to see some more projects from both of you and your Thank crew. You. I'm, I know, Thanks, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people on Facebook, like the shares, the views that you, y'all were getting, insane. So like Keeks said, that would be a great marketing tool. <laughs> <laughs> We'll to keep get that, that in our back pocket. But uh, no, we, we really want to thank you both for your time uh, to come out here and, and come on this podcast and give our listeners some more inside scoop about your film. And hopefully it gets distributed well so everybody can watch it because I think everybody should watch, especially if you're from Utah and on a low budget yeah. um, and seeing how you can make a great film without such explosions and incredible action sequences but it's a tight script it's a great cast and it was fun to watch it really was so thanks so much and we do this with every guest Keeks you ready? I knew I was I was hoping you were gonna say it so you got it Uh, we wanna know your top five favorite films we do this with every guest could be do you guys is it in Prepare. order? Um, just five. So it could be in, in order, five. or it could just be top five. And when Whatever, we say five, you, you can say as many as you want. <laughs> so whoever wants to go first. Go for it. Okay. Um, the number one for me is, is relatively easy um, because it has been the same for a long time, and that is a film called Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I have not seen that. It's, uh, it's kind of a quirky comedy Um that stars Ryan Gosling. Fat and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, but I love it because it's really, it's a tight script. What, what year did it come out? I think 2011. That sounds right. No, it must have been before that. I'll, I'll look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Oh. I, I think, I feel like I saw it when I was relatively young. It was 2008 or something or 2006. Hmm. The, the, is it The Idols of March? Is that it? Or, Lars no, and the not. Real Girl. No. Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, Lars, okay. I was like, there it is. Found it. Okay. When did it come out? Yeah. 2007. 2007. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. I didn't see it until way later. later. Yeah. Um, so that's my number one. Uh, then got a, new, got a new movie to watch. Then two, three, four, and five, I would probably go The Godfather. Great one. Roman Holiday. Oh, let's go. Ferris Day Off. Classic. The Prestige. Ah, okay. A little Nolan classic. That that doesn't get enough love from Christopher Nolan. I'm trying to balance it out a little bit because all the other ones I gave were like rom-com, almost like rom-coms or dramas, although I am a huge fan of the mystery suspense horror too. So we got Lars and the Real Girl. The Godfather, part one, 
The first yes. one? Part one, for sure. And then The Prestige. What was the other one? Roman Holiday. Uh-huh. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bueller. I'm from Chicago, so... <laughs> yeah. And, in fact, it's it gets more grander than that. I went to the same high school that Ferris Bueller goes to, um, and that... Um, Oh, Jesus, this is stupid. What's his name? Cameron? Um, no, uh, who directed Oh, John Hughes. John Hughes. John Hughes um, graduated. Oh, I didn't know he graduated. Oh, that's oh, sweet. cool. Yeah. So there's like a, there's, there's a lot of like personal, they, I mean, they even shot scenes at my high school. Um, and so there's a lot of like truth in that film to me. So that's why it probably wouldn't make most people's top five films of all time. <laughs> But it does for me. Uh, definitely like my bosses. He's 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 a 70s, 80s baby. He's yeah. an 80s baby. If, yeah. Okay, I got to know. If you're offered those warm gummy bears in the pocket from that girl, are, are you at least <laughs> trying them. one? I'm taking them. Okay, yes. good. Okay, good, good. You owe it to her. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not crazy then because I would also try one. Yeah, who would? All right, Nick. All right, so I'm going to change one of mine. I had the prestige on my list as well, but since you said that, I'll, I'll change it. Okay. So, number one favorite film for me is Fight Club. Ooh. That just changed the way that I watch movies forever. Um, great film. And then I would go Faults, which I don't know if you guys have seen. False? Yeah, Faults. F-A-U-L-T-S. Oh, okay, Faults. So, uh, everyone should go check it out. I... Really can't say much about it without spoiling it, but yes, that is it. Okay. Um, changes genres so subtly throughout the film that by the end of the movie, you're watching a completely different genre of movie. Wow. And you don't even notice it's happened until the credits roll. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a fun film. So check that out. Uh, catch Me If You Can. I When Steven Spielberg is good, he's great, and I love Leonardo DiCaprio, so... That's that was almost on my list. It's a great movie. So good. And John Williams' score in that is fantastic. Then uh, Brick. Ooh, you guys seen Brick? Brick you by know, Ryan Johnson. From, from Ruin. Or I mean, I, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. I've heard nothing but good things. And I, catch me if you can. We've been doing the IMDb 250, and that's coming up. Okay. So I want to I get to that as soon as possible. So but Brick, good. I haven't seen Brick. I've heard great things about it. It's fantastic, and that is actually, I believe it's Ryan Johnson's first film that he did on a super small, self-funded budget, so... With Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yep, yep. 2005. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Um, and then my last one will... My geekiness will come out, but Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So oh. good. It's the best Star Wars. Oh, 100%. That Revenge of the Sith is next because it's so over the top and so fun. <laughs> <laughs> that a new help. That's my, my my top three. Those are good films. All very diverse. It's awesome. Do you guys do you have your standard ones that you give that you give back? Um. Yeah. Everyone knows ours. I'll give I know. My, what? Yeah. You don't know. I'll, I'll give them real quick. Keisha, you got yours I, top I five. I need to pull it up because I sometimes feel like it changes. But yeah, you go for it. <laughs> it got, it kind of changes. Uh. So mine. Number one, always will be, is Lord of the Rings. Cool. The Fellowship of the Ring, I think, okay. is the best of the three. It's very no very nostalgic for me. Um, just my brother loved it. I'd go visit him. We'd, like, fall asleep watching it whatever I was visit him and Logan. So that. Poly Empire next. Yes. Wow. This is very... 
This is a very hot take, but I I, I stick with it. Spider Man Two, Tony McGuire, dude. That movie is severely underrated. Thank you. That's the best Spider Man film yep. that exists. We are right there. Who's who's the who's the bad guy in that one? Doc that, Ock. Doc Ock. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Watch it again, man. It's it is. I remember Spider Man Homecoming came out, and I was super pumped for Homecoming because I thought Peter Parker was fantastic in Civil War. Yeah. And I left Homecoming just underwhelmed, and I watched Spider Man too. I was like, thank you. It's, so it's showing its age, but that script is. Solid. Yeah, I agree. It's airtight. And then probably Back to the Future. And then I really, really love the movie Warrior. Yeah. That's the only movie that made me cry. <laughs> so I'm like, that's a that's a great one. And then Interstellar is like an honorable mention. I love Interstellar. Yeah, that should that definitely should I love just the space movies and just Christopher Nolan knocked out of the park with that one. People have a little beef with the ending, which I can totally understand. But I, I like the ending. That's the only movie that's made me cry. Really? Yeah. Interstellar got me. Like how it goes full circle with Murph not wanting him to leave, and then he doesn't want to leave, so it's it's just great. Great story. I, lo- I love it when TC right, gives his. Right. He's got such a nice... It's just like such a warm list. I don't know other any other way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> you can just sit and watch all five of those right in a row and not get bored. Same with all your guys, too. I mean, I haven't seen a couple of them, but love the list. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the new watches. Yeah. Um do. Mine is my 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 favorite is Drive. I think similar for I think Nick how you said Fight Club for you just changed your way of how you watched movies. That was for me what Drive was. Love Drive. Yeah, Drive is fantastic. fantastic. Um then The Dark Knight. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, a New Hope cuz that was the first movie I ever remember seeing like as a human being. Guys. The fact <laughs> that you both have Star Wars movies in your top 5. Yeah. Nope. I mean, we could write about Star Wars for hours, <laughs> but we New still podcast. love it. We love all. We love all Star Wars. True. Yeah. Um, my next one is the School of Rock. It's a great movie. <laughs> Jack Black. I don't know. Was that high up? Oh, yeah. I love that. And then, okay, uh, I'm gonna throw these two out there: either Breakfast Club or Terminator Two. Those are pretty close. Very <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, very similar for sure. Breakfast Clubs. I love I love John Hughes, so that's another great one. He is all of just all of his movies. I don't know how much more there is to say. I mean, it's John Hughes. He's got they're incredible. That yeah, that's a great way to put it. So yeah, I wow. I, I love the well, I love there's the variety. 20, there's there's twenty movies, people. Yeah, all you sweets, listen to those twenty movies. Wait, don't listen to watch them. Um, and yeah, so Nick, Stefan, we want to thank you both again for uh, coming out. Uh, Keeks, for making this work, being in Arkansas. Uh, we're excited to release this pod. We'll probably have it up, uh, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, okay. So, uh, please come on again. Jives, Do Jives some lists with us. It. Do some takes with us. Um, <laughs> guys, we can talk movies all day. Yeah, long, so. you ever want us to come back and yeah. talk more movies? We would absolutely love it. I lived, I lived like. Two minutes away. So you oh, really? This is very convenient for you. Awesome. Anytime. And I, I mean, at least from so. my end, I, and I know from TC too, and our producer Jives, um, we we seriously we were so impressed with your movie. And when I saw that Mitch shared it, I was like, we we got to talk with these guys. I don't know how it'll be a great conversation. I've never met you guys in person, but I feel like <laughs> I have in a way. 
I've seen you through your computer yes. screen, so it's pretty close. <laughs> you had me when you said Martin Scorsese intended it this way. So <laughs> one of my favorite one of my favorite memes was on Twitter. It was the Irishman was released, and it was a wee Netflix. And it was like about to watch the Irishman. <laughs> Instant retweet is great. That's well, fantastic. Well, yeah. Thank you guys again both thank for you. for coming on. It's an awesome interview. We're excited to have this released and have everybody hear your story and. Go watch Simmer once it's available. Yes, so as soon as it is, we'll do a, a follow-up where we come back and we talk about now how you can actually see it. Hey, next week film meetup. We might have to just do Simmer. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> that sounds fun. All right, Keith, you want to get us out all with right, the sweet? Stay sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, everyone, we are here live outside of the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, California. Wow. Everyone looks stunning, and I gotta say, Keeks, so do you. My gosh. TC, you know, when Gucci reached out to us to tailor us for tonight, for the big show, and we went with them, I think it ended up being a good call. Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree. Great call. Well, everyone, we are on the red carpet at the Academy Awards. Jive's made us some counter... I, I mean, Jive's got us some exclusive press passes... And we're going to try and get some good interviews tonight for the sweets. We definitely are. And while we're out here looking for our first interview, it seems that they're giving out the award for Best Animated Film. Let's see who wins. Oh, Gross. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Boo. <laughs> well, boo. How about this? If, what, what would you do? Would, would you? How long? <laughs> Just get your energy out right now. It's it's a Ford what else do you film say? out of the franchise, and give it to Klaus. That's a great. Who cares if it's another like, like you said, give it to something different. I guess we'll never know. Um, well, at least we have a bunch more awards to go. All right, we've got Cliff Booth got his. Yeah, so yeah. I'm all right. Yep, yep. I wanted a hidden dragon, but Toy Story Four. I hate you even more. Go home, <laughs> say your speech, they, get off the stage, let's move on. All right. I, I'm yeah, done. Perfect. I'm done. Let Give Tanner the award for the $1,200 you cost his car. Yep, exactly. That's even, right? I think that's I even. think that's fair. Give me, at least yeah, just give me, give me, give me the award. Just put Sweet Film Talk on it. Yeah, let us go onto your Instagram page and record like a 10 second review and thought about yeah. it. Overall, though, and I thought Toy Story was okay, but it wasn't needed. And. The whole car issue doesn't help, but Hidden Dragon or Klaus should have won. Still haven't seen a lost yeah, body, I, but whatever. Klaus, honestly, Missing Link, I didn't see it, but they had a cool pair of Air Max 1s that came out with it. Oh, and that's kind of fun. So, yeah. All right, well, there's feature film, yeah. Toy Story 4 1. Gross. Sheesh, animated film. That's We're, we're one, one for two now. Oh, and animated short film. Well, oh, well. Okay, animated film. That was great. Yeah. Sweet. Wow, we can't believe that one, Mike. Wow, my goodness, what a shock. Or maybe not to everyone at home. The crowd here can't believe it. Oh my goodness, it seems like the crowd has been chanting Taika, and Taika Waititi has just arrived. Taika, Taika, over here. Oh my gosh, okay, he's coming, he's coming, here he is. Taika, ladies and gentlemen, a bona fide suite. Taika, your movie Jojo Rabbit has six nominations tonight, and people seem to think you're a dark horse for Best Picture. Let them say whatever they want. 
So humble. We love it. What what kind of advice do you have for anyone who doubts that they can make it into the film industry? Of course you can. There, there you go. Short and sweet. Thank you so much, Taika. Good luck tonight. And as luck will have it, the awards for Best Adapted and Original Screenplay are being announced right now. You better get on in there, Taika. We're cheering for you. And we're also pulling for Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or even Knives Out. Oh my yes! god! Taika Waititi! Rabbit! Let's no go! No way! That yes. is... Wow! Awesome. Let's Becky, how go! Are you right now? Here we go, speech! <laughs> She's so happy, right? Oh my gosh! Good for Taika! I've hey. seen this, but... Did we talk to him we, too? Did we, we talk did. to him? We talked to him. Wow. What what a what a win. What a win. Congratulations to who won. Um also probably not a big surprise to many of you guys at home either. We are still here. We're pretty sure we're being tailed as well, but we're bringing you guys more interviews. Oh, oh my gosh, Keeks, hold up. Hold up. It is the man himself. It is the greatest stunt double of all time. It's Cliff Booth, an absolute dream come true. Brad, hey, hey, Brad, it's Keeks and TC from the Sweet Film Talk. Our producer, Jives, loves you too. Uh, Oh, I know you. I know all three of you. You are hands down my favorite character from, from all last year. You might have played the coolest character that's ever existed. I'm surprised how accurate that description of me really is. I I have nothing else to say. We love you so much. You're going to win Best Supporting Actor. You're an absolute lock. And Brad, more importantly, you might be our favorite sweet. But, you know, we'll keep that between us. (laughs) All right, Brad. Brad Pitt, everyone, always in good spirits. Good luck to you, Brad. And... As Brad's walking into the awards, they are announcing Best Supporting Actor and Actress. Fingers crossed for him and Laura Dern. And away we go. All right, Supporting Actress. Laura Dern, okay. Yeah, you called it. Yeah, that's good. You called it. I figured she would, but it would have been awesome to see Florence Pugh. I thought she was fine in in Little Women, I mean, uh, in Marriage Story, but I wanted Florence Pugh. But good for Laura Dern. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And honestly, I think Scarlett Johansson was great mm-hmm. in in uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, so I wouldn't have minded to see that either. She had a good she had a good um, role in Marriage Story, being you know the the lawyer with some tenacity. Oh gosh, my dog farted. It smells horrible. <laughs> with, on that note, <laughs> congratulations, Laura Dern. You deserved <laughs> yeah. it. Dot Dot doesn't think so. I guess Dottie apparently <laughs> is, is is chapped that Laura Dern yeah. won. All right, we're not. We're all right. Good time. Yep. Let's go! Yep. Let's go! Yep. And away we, we go. go. Oh, congratulations, Brad. We, we, we knew it. I don't want to say I that am, I don't want to say that we gave him the best luck, but we were probably the last ones to talk with him for him before he got the award, so it makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's team he's all team he's team SFT, are you kidding? Oh good for forever, him. Forever and ever. Yeah. He deserved it. He was the best supporting actor. Let's be real. Yeah, let's. Okay. Wow, I am just happy for Brad, happy for Cliff Booth. Good for him. I know. I wish it said, I wish instead of the title of the movie under his name, it said his character's name. Yeah. Because that's what right? we want to remember. Cliff Booth, baby. 
the most iconic character of all time. <sighs> all right, everyone. There are only a few more awards left, but it seems the man of the hour is just pulling up right now. Joaquin Phoenix. How are you, man? <laughs> In good spirits? Joaquin, it's it's your fourth nomination, and we've got a good feeling about it. It's it's your time, baby. Uh, uh, jo- jo- Joaquin, you, you're not in character. You don't have to keep... Jo- Joaquin, what? Okay, okay, thank you so much, Joaquin Phoenix. You are missing the, your award, Best Actor and Best Actress. We, we can't wait to see you in there. We'll, we'll see you later. Oh, thanks for showing up, Renee Zellweger. All right, Renee Zellweger. Oh, okay, good. okay. Yay. <laughs> Dang it, Sersha. Who's this guy? Who's this guy that Renee Zellweger? Sell- is that like her know. dad? He's, man, he looks like he's been around the block. Or more, more importantly, yeah, he looks like he needs to go around the block. <laughs> Got, him. Got him. All right. Renee Got Zellweger, him. best best actress. Congrats. Best leading actress. Congrats. We wanted we wanted Sersha. Yeah, yeah. Who did you want? Scarlett? Yeah. I want Scarlett Johansson. Okay. I think she did great. I think all of them yeah. really did great, um, except for probably Charlize <laughs> Theron. Throw Aquafina in there, and I think we got a good we got a good list of nominees. Yep, there it is. Good for him. I think a, he's earned. You know pretty, what? Pretty obvious. He's, lock. he's paid his dues. It's like when Leo won for The Revenant. It's like that's not his best role, but like for crying out loud, he should have gotten it years before that. Yeah. Should've, so good job. Let's. Should, I'm sure Leo should have gotten one for The stuff. Departed or, um, geez, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, so why is Joaquin still laughing? He's just I, laughing. I know. I know. I, but I don't know. Good. Good for Joaquin. I mean, Congrats. Well overdue. He made Joker what it is. Yes. So I'm, I'm very glad yeah. that we were the last people you talked to before going inside. Ex- so, exactly. So that's perfect. We're the good luck charms. Enjoy it, enjoy it, Joaquin. Enjoy it. Quit laughing. <laughs> yep. Come to Utah. Come to come to JCW's with yeah. us. Put some meat back on those bones. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we've had three interviews today with two awards left. Tonight has been a blast. We also have one police car waiting for us out back. But Officer Jones has been gracious enough for us to have one more interview. So let's make this one count, TC. What do you say? It's bong. Yeah, just hang on to that. I'll probably need it later. No, not a bong. It's Bong Joon Ho. I'm I'm gonna go grab him. Oh man. Okay. Okay, we got him. The best surprise this year was Parasite. And and Bong, you're nominated for Best Director and Picture amongst other nominations. How has this year been for you? Very nice, good boy. Uh, did you grab his interpreter? Oh, not gonna lie, I was so shocked that he came without a fight that I, did, I didn't even think about that. Whoops. Okay, well, let's just try and get one more question in, and then I think our time is up. Oh, actually, all right, well, okay, okay, okay. okay. On second thought, um, we wish we had more time, but we're gonna let you go. Good luck. Oh, Okay, yeah, yeah, let's go. Uh, I guess that's all the time we have. All you sweets. Hopefully Best Director and Picture don't cause any more of a ruckus than we already have. Good luck to Bong and Parasite for Best Director and Picture. Bong, let's go! Let's Let's go. go! 
Man, Parasite oh is wiping my. the floor. Sheesh. Dude. Man. Wow. Good for Bong. Good for Parasite. Screenplay. Man. Directing. Whoa. Original screenplay, director, international wait, 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 film. Wait, 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 what wait, wait, else? Because what? I don't know. Oh, wait. That's right. That's right. We're at the end. We're at the end. Yeah. We're at the end. We gave him his interview. Ooh, look at Spike. We were lately wearing the Kobe 9s. Yeah, the Kobe 9s? The Kobe... Kobe Sheesh. Good for Bong. All right. He's going to go... You think he takes home best picture? I... I don't know. The, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to last year when... Um, oh, my gosh. Who won for... Um, who won for Roma for best picture? I can't remember. Oh, Alfonso Cuaron. He won for best director, best best international film, and then lost best picture. Mm. But I think this changes. I think it changes. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, congrats to Bong Joon-ho, best director. Oh, there you go. Wow. Go go enjoy those drinks, baby. Yep. As he should. Thanks for the interview. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, that was quick. Sheesh. My gosh, who is it? Whoa! It no. won! Wow! Oh my Parasite! There's justice. the floor. Let's go! Wow! There's justice! Holy you... crap! Whew. Holy crap! My heart is just pounding right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um... Kate. Bong Joon Ho, we we had the last interview with him. The police took us away, but you know here we are, locked up in the cell. They are fortunately playing. We you know the Oscars, and they have it on him. <laughs> best picture, Parasite. Hats off, well deserved. Some people have to sacrifice so that others can can get to where they need to be, and I think we made a great sacrifice today. Uh, we're awaiting charges still, but gosh dang it, Bong Joon Ho, you got your award. Oh my gosh. Man, they almost had us during that second act that was horribly boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Really? I didn't mind the second act of Parasite. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about the Academy Awards. Oh, okay, oh my okay. Gosh. Oh, what yeah. A slog the, oh, this that has been. Man, that second hour of the Academy Awards is terrible. No terrible. way. Okay, I want to hear the I want to hear the acceptance speech. Good for them. Oh, it's all in Korean. It's been great though. Uh, oh, okay. Sheesh. Well, everyone, that was our live reactions for Oscars. Take 70. Absolutely jam-packed. And uh, hopefully we'll be back in Utah and Keeks back in Arkansas soon. We're still, you know. We're, we're working things out right now. I, I, yeah. I don't yeah. know what work's going to take tomorrow, but we'll cross someone's that gonna Someone's going to pay us some, you know, bail money. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine. Maybe we'll use our ad money. Who knows? Maybe Anchor. Bong Joon-ho will come in and swoop in, you know. I mean, we'll heck, he, he's going to have a crazy night. We might as well make it even crazier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until then, stay sweet. Sweet.